I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, welcome back, everybody. How are you doing today, John? Good, good. This is, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm excited about uh, doing this, like, pages now. Because yeah. it's the first time I had to write something, and it's been a, it's been a while. You're since in the hot I've seat this time, yeah. Stuff, and uh, you know, it's it's going to be bad probably, but I it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be to get back into this stuff. So that's good. Good, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, no judgment. It's a vomit draft, so we'll just if something's bad, we'll make it better later. Um, but I am excited to see what you came up with because I have, other than doing some editing for us, I've basically been able to spend the last, um, couple of weeks not thinking about this project and kind of clearing my head. So I'm in a very open place to get back into it and, and dive in and start experiencing it. So, uh, let's just jump in and we're going to split up, uh, the voices. And again, I think we might play around with uh, some effects to help you understand who's talking when, but just so it's clear, uh, I'm going to be playing Tim in this one, and I'm also going to be playing uh, two other characters we haven't met yet, one who is a concierge and one who is a lady. I am doing the narrator, I am doing Arturo, and I am doing Zoya. Got it. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump right in. We are uh, coming in on page nine. If you uh, heard the last episode, we just uh, left off on page eight. And uh, what happens next, narrator? So big panel with a very zoomed out shot of the fanciest, most over-the-top hotel lobby ever. It seems to stretch on infinitely with endless small seating areas. The ceiling is covered with impossible organic chandeliers. They look like chaotic webs of flowering vines, tentacles, and traditional lighting. And in one of the seating areas, we can make out Tim and Arturo sitting across from a concierge. Welcome to Parsia, the Constellation's premier event world. Will you be attending or hosting? Arturo and Tim sitting next to each other, both in award show attire. Tim looks at Arturo disapprovingly. What's the wildest party you've got going right now? The concierge conjures a floating window into a wedding ceremony in which all the attendants are various animals. We have an animalian wedding. They often get quite raunchy in the second half. A wider shot on all three of them as Tim and Arturo bicker. Uh, sorry, my, my friend is joking. We're actually here for the Gaia Awards. I'm not joking. I just need to know where I can go to let off steam after we lose. Why don't we just see what happens, okay? Before we get hopeless. So, the Gaia Awards. The concierge hands Tim a clipboard containing a contract. Arturo already has his and is signing it. I just need you to sign the entrance contract and you'll be there in no time. Let's get this over with. Arturo, in the midst of vanishing in a burst of light, Tim studies his contract closely. Sound effects. Zoop. It says here you can't eject during the ceremony? The concierge patiently answers Tim's questions while Tim's face is buried in the contract reading the fine print. Yes, well, the event holder doesn't want people teleporting out during the proceedings. But what defines the end of the ceremony? I assume they're going to be reasonable, but you understand. I don't want to be, like, trapped in there. The concierge explains further as Tim signs the contract. All of our event spaces eventually expire, so worst case you'd be trapped in there six months. Good enough. (laughs) A wide shot high above an award show pre-party. The space is circular with a giant Gaia logo emblazoned on the floor. 
Evenly spaced around the outside of the circle are what look like massive movie posters, the size of tall buildings. We recognize the image on one of the posters as a still from the opening scene, a centaur in the process of being sucked into a swirling black hole. Near the base of this particular image, Tim and Arturo can be seen talking, drinks in hand. Well, they chose a nice image. Closer on Tim and Arturo, Arturo is downing his drink. I'm telling you, I can't get drunk at all. Did you spot a sobriety clause in that entrance contract? Maybe you should have read it yourself. A wider shot on the party. In the foreground, a drunk lady is brandishing a drink and regaling a group with a loud story. Arturo and Tim, standing in the background, cannot help but overhear. And then she says, you need to experience my world for two years minimum to really grasp my art or whatever. And I said, are you kidding? Even if I was into that high commitment garbage, the program you're applying for starts in a month. Arturo taps the lady on the shoulder. I'm sorry, but are these drinks working for you? Because they're not for me. The lady turns around and we can clearly see a Gaia award badge on her clothing. She's part of the staff. Arturo is in the foreground looking pissed. Oh, you're a nominee. We just set it up that way because, you know, we can't have you getting too drunk or anything. There was this one time when... That's just bad design. What's the point of having a retro-style drink mixer if some people can't get drunk? Wider shot. The lady is getting defensive. Tim approaches. I mean, maybe not you, but some people don't take losing so well, so we just wanted to keep things all... Are you saying we lost? Close on the lady looking flustered. Oh, uh, no. I was just saying... Like, in general, we wouldn't want the winners to get too sloshed either. Awkward shot on the three of them. Tim looks unhappy. The lady speaks up again. Well, good luck. I'm sorry, which nominees are you? Tim Ito. Arturo, no surname. Gotcha. Well, good luck, Tim and Arturo. The lady walks away, leaving Tim and Arturo behind. We're doomed. Told you. Zoya, standing near the edge of the party, watching, seemingly bored. Tim approaches her. Zoya, is that you? Tim. Oh, so you're a woman today. A wider on the two of them. I've used this avatar for forever, but if you actually came to a workshop in the last year, you'd already know that. There's only so many Bukhari ripoffs I can live through before I need a break. I guess if you're going to rip off someone. Close on Tim getting heated. Oh, I hate Bukhari. He loves punishing his audience for sport. People think it's deep, but it's just pure sadism. Zoya seems unimpressed. Tim, perhaps a bit deflated, looks down at his drink. Agree to disagree. Tim leans in closer, conspiratorially. So I was wondering if you maybe wanted to make a deal. I'm listening. Wide shot that shows where the two of them are standing in relation to the rest of the party. In the background, we can see the massive poster for Zoya's world entry with her name Zoya Hall printed at the bottom. Pictured on the poster is a menacing school teacher leaning over with a black void for a face. It's just only one of us can win. And as I'm sure you've heard, the winner is supposed to get an invite to Altov. I've heard that, yeah. So what I'm thinking is, what if we just agree to help each other? So if I get into Altov, I'll help you get in, and you'll do the same for me. Sort of an insurance plan. You really want to get into that club so badly, don't you? Tim continues making his case. Well, don't you? Or maybe you think because of your parents you can just get in anyway? No, I'm just not interested in your deal. Zoya swats erratically at the air near her face. It's not like there's any risk to just... Stop whispering in my ear. It's so creepy. Tim looks confused. Zoya is in the process of disappearing in a flash of light. What are you talking about? Other people at the party took notice of the shouting and are looking this way. Tim is now standing alone. Tim shrugs at the crowd. Special permissions, I guess? That was the Hall kid, right? Go figure. Uh, Tim walks back towards the heart of the party. 
Zoya suddenly reappears before him, blocking his path. Close on Zoya, grabbing Tim by the arm. I'll make your deal, but you have to come with me to Agoria right now. And that scene. So that was fun. Um, I enjoyed going through that. Some of it was, you know, what I expected from what we talked about, and some of it was a surprise to me. Um, but I thought it was all interesting. I thought the way that you handled them starting to think that they lost is kind of interesting. That was like the weirdest thing that I just sort of like riffed on there. Like, but I don't know if that's the way to do it, obviously. Yeah, because it's like a little bit like she slips. And so I don't know. We might want to think about what that lady's motivations are herself, like, because that's a sort of new character that we've invented. And um, is she trying to fuck with them? Is she trying to get back at them for being rude to her or something? Or um, by telling them that they lost or by hinting at it or whatever. I don't know. It's worth like maybe interrogating a little bit. I think it's a cool idea. Um, And then the only thing that... Only one thing stood out to me, which was the specific detail of Zoya swatting erratically at the air near her face. Felt to me that it would be difficult to portray in a static image. Yeah. But we might want to think of just, we might want to try to think of a different specific weird thing that she does in that moment. I, I, I like the moment and I like the idea that her parents are sort of whispering in her ear and she's she's annoyed um i like that part of it i think that's cool but uh, i feel like there's some slightly different image that we might want there that was the only thing that stood out to me i was like oh i'm not sure if that's gonna work as a in this medium i mean i guess she could just be like shouting at nothing right but it's uh you know if you have a wide enough shot that you can see that that's the case i don't know if that plays any better in your head or not but um but yeah like a SWAT is, I guess, kind of a strange gesture. It's not maybe like super easy to make clear. It, it seems, yeah. I mean, in my head, you almost need multiple SWATs to make that kind of play, which I can imagine in a, you know, like in a movie. But I think, yeah, that's the only, that was the only panel that stood out to me. I was like, oh, let's maybe think a little more about that particular image. But that's, uh, you know, obviously something we can do in the next draft. I made a little note of it here and I didn't have any other uh feedback or criticism i think it's pretty good first draft stuff um some of it's a little bit obvious and maybe we'll make it a little less obvious uh on the rewrite but um but for now i think it's clear and i liked it and it was fun to read yeah like i yeah i think there's like you know everything needs to be pushed harder on the specifics and like the obviousness like that's always the thing i definitely agree with that um I did kind of feel fairly decently good about the, um, I guess I have to think if it's plausible or not, but like the, uh, the, the six months thing with the entrance contract. I mean, I was just trying to think of a way to dramatize like right. some of the so, concepts. Right. So I liked that. I liked, let's talk about that moment because I liked that moment. I, uh, there was something about the the sense of humor of the concierge that's, I mean, I laughed when I said it, there's something about him, him expressing it like that. So worst case you're trapped in there six months that felt a little bit like, I know we want our AIs to be pretty capable. So I'm not saying they can't make jokes, but I don't know. That felt very uh, human to me or something. And uh, 
I, I wonder whether Tim shouldn't be the one who says that. Maybe the concierge should just say uh, all our event spaces uh, expire. If the curator doesn't assign a date, then it, you know, it, the maximum is six months or something. Just maybe just something a little bit more dry and maybe he he makes the joke. But I, 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 I don't know. I, I can be convinced maybe. Well, that might be a case because I was going back and forth on like who the concierge was. Like I actually had some extra dialogue that I cut where they assume the concierge is an AI and then the concierge is like, I'm, I'm not an AI actually. And they were like, oh, fancy, you know, like, so I had like a little bit about that. So, but if it's definitely, so like. Oh, that's I- funny. So if, yeah, cause I would buy this if he said that joke and then Tim was like, man, you're funny for an AI or something. And, and the guy's like, oh, I'm actually, you know, this is my job. Like, you know. <laughs> like, well, that's a better place to right. put it. See, I had it, I had to cut it cause I had it up front and it like didn't, it broke the like rhythm, but like, yeah, maybe it just works better at the end. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's pop a, a note in about that uh, possible place. To insert, because like I think I don't think it really matters if he's an AI or not. But I definitely the world building I want to convey is like a lot of these people are AIs, but the AIs aren't fully capable, and sometimes they are humans. Like if they had, if it's like an expensive event or something, maybe that's something that happens. So I think maybe that conveys all of those things. So that could be good. Yeah, 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 and like yeah, like it's not out of the question that an AI could make a joke, but that that's not the most common you know thing is maybe enough for me um so yeah that's cool have a little i also think like there's a there's a possibility that it's like not exactly a joke because it's like remember they're all mortal right (laughs) so like you know maybe like Maybe six months is like has a different meaning. I don't no, know. They're, they're, I, I think yeah. the six months part is totally viable. It's the phrasing. Uh, it's like the so worst case phrasing, and the word right. Okay, maybe that that yeah. I think are making it feel like it's a joke because it'd be more like a drier way to say it would just be like it, you know. Um, so at lo- at the longest, the space will expire in six months, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or, um, or he could just say this particular space will expire in three weeks and seven days or so, you know, whatever the actual true, um, like yeah. he could just like read out the actual true information if that's something that Tim has access to. Um, and that would be a little drier, a little bit more like the, what I would expect the AI version of the concierge to do. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, but maybe this event got a human concierge cause that human touch is, you know, so uh, a sign of of status so um so then he makes a joke i mean that's fine too i i don't know i guess it's a yeah it did it did like elicit a response for me so it's worth kind of like looking at again but i i think it's kind of okay either way i think for the the whole stretch of uh with the with the lady and stuff like it would be more I think I was like originally going to do something a lot simpler and maybe this would be the better choice would be to just have them like over here, people in front of like Zoya's poster are just like talking about like how awesome it is. And like, it, this, this is obviously going to win. Like it's a shoe in or something, something that would be like pretty natural. Right. I think I, I took this like detour into this slightly weirder thing because again, I kept wanting to sort of bring up the concept of like, 
different settings and permissions. And I was like, oh, like a sobriety thing would be sort of interesting, right? Sure. Um, well, you like, uh, like, sure. Like programmatically make it so some of your guests can't get too drunk or something. I thought it was sort of like, like coming back to the original concept. But I don't know if I, I could scrap all of that too. Like, I don't know if it actually works. Or maybe it's just like you're saying, we just need to develop, go with it and develop it more. I think, yeah, I think that it's a good idea. I think what we'll discover after we've done our first draft is whether it's duplicative of another moment, right? Which I'm not sure of yet because it might, I think it's good though, as a strategy for us to try to put these kinds of things in on this draft. And then we may find that, oh, we're kind of doing this twice so we can do the more simple version here, you know? Um, right, right. Or you we might may get... find well, there really wasn't a better opportunity to do this, so we're really lucky we have a version of it here, and then we d- double down on it, and make it work better, and then you know maybe it's even worth giving it two extra pages and making it a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like I could imagine this being a longer sequence, and the lady being um, maybe more specific about what she knows about the uh, the Gaia Academy's taste, you know, and having that be an even more pointed sort of criticism of them of what and and what they've done if we wanted to make this you know sort of stack it a little bit harder without it just being like well everyone said Zoya's gonna win <laughs> which is fine I think that's definitely the most efficient way to do it so I I agree with you there um but yeah I like that you took a crack at something a little bit more complicated and um I think it's worth trying even if we don't stick with it yeah one it it just feels like we don't it's we're definitely like running into the issue that we don't fully know you did a like a pretty complete job with the opening scene but we also just have to like even that like needs a little more positioning in terms of like like just figuring out what the actual art that they're making is just which is going to make the specific so much easier to write so it's just like that's still a little fuzzy on every and I didn't yeah, really yeah, like yeah. That needs development, yeah. sure. And I think that's yeah. gonna become like we're, it'll become more obvious as we get more of these scenes down because we'll see where the opportunities to explore the art are, and then that will that will guide us, I think, toward making those final calls. Well, I, there is one comic booky thing I want to talk about, actually. Oh, you want okay? Um, Let's talk that, about that. That I noticed as I was writing this, and maybe people listening noticed, right? Oh, good. This is like a comic book insight. Well, it's just that like, so, I mean, you know this, right? But it's something, and I know this too, but it's not something, because, you know, I don't write a lot of comic book scripts, right? But just the fact that like one panel is like multiple moments in time at once, right? So that sometimes when you're reading it, it's a little bit weird, especially out loud, because the panel is describing like the what would be eventually like the left side of the panel and the right side of the panel at the same time, but really your eye is going to read them as like two beats, especially right. if they each have lines of dialogue in them. Right. And so you get that full dump of the panel information in the text before you get the two bits of dialogue, right? And so, and I was trying to use that trick a lot specifically where like, you know, like they're both handing the contract out and he's signing it in the same panel, right? When really that would be like sort of two actions, but you can combine it into the same panel. Do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So, right. Um, Especially depending on the size of the panel, you can really make the panel um, take different amounts of apparent time, 
right? I remember uh, McLeod talked about this in, in Understanding Comics. And so larger panels feel like they take more time. Also, uh, m- having multiple lines of dialogue, especially from the same character, right? So if you have a character has a bubble and then another character has a bubble and then the first character has a an extension coming out of their first bubble going to a second bubble, right? That automatically makes it feel like it is a sequence in time within the panel, right? Because it's like speak, respond, counter respond. Um, so that, that implies that sequence already. And then uh, there's a trick that I've seen done in larger panels, especially wider larger panels, that um, is often really cool. Uh, that actually has multiple moments in time all depicted in the same panel, usually from left to right, so that the earlier things are on the left and the later things are on the right, Um, if it's a Western book anyway. Uh, And then oftentimes the dialogue will guide you through the time. So like the bubbles will be placed in, in a way that they draw your eye to the part of the frame where that moment is depicted. Right. And uh, so as you kind of scan the thing and read the thing, you go through, you know, two or three or four moments in time uh, all in one panel. And that can show, you know, complicated actions like I, I, I don't know, for some reason, the image that's popping up in my head is like a comic book that showed like a guy getting his, his, his wallet pickpocketed in this way. So he's having a conversation with someone else and you're seeing the the, the thief approach and then in the same panel you're seeing the thief reach into his wallet into his pocket and then in the same panel you're seeing the thief walk away with the wallet in his hand right as the as the dialogue is carrying you through the moment like yeah literally showing multiple copies so, uh, of the same person. the same person yeah. is in the panel three times but because they're like engaged in different types of activities you get that they're not there's not three of them <laughs> you know you get that it's that it's time passing um so yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I like that you were uh, yeah starting to use that in some of the panels. That's a good thing. To and think I about. mean, in a much more like smaller way than than what you described, which is like really pushing that far, right? Right, Obviously. and that's a cartoonish but, example, even yeah. in my mind. But um, I can't remember what book that's from, but I've seen it before somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, it just occurred to me, like, because as I for, yeah, the contract thing is, I think the easiest example, because I was like, oh, I was gonna have a panel where he's like here's the contract and like handing them and then a panel where like one of them is signing it. And I'm like, that can just be the same panel. Right. Where like one of them is signing it on the right side. Well, especially because you have two people doing the same action. Yeah. So that allows us to really, um, it doesn't even really stretch credulity because there could have been a moment where one of them was already signing it and the other one is still receiving it. Right. Right. I feel like uh, this like opened up for me a lot. Kind of like when you're like first editing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I didn't even remember this because, you know, like we went to film school so long ago, but I was like editing something with somebody who had not been to film school like uh, a while ago, um, who was just like w- when they seeing them like get editing for the first time being like, oh, wait, like I just we can just completely eliminate huge sections of time where they like came in through the door <laughs> and it just makes sense. Right. Like you mm-hmm. just don't need to see any of that. And like. Like I just, you know, it's just one of those like formal things that I hadn't really like fully absorbed with comics, I think, especially because of the weird way we did our last comic book script. Right. Well, so yeah, since that one was already conceived as a, as a, as a film script beforehand, we had really 
we had come up with creative but cinematic solutions to many of the problems in it. And it was hard to get away from those. And I even think there's a few places in that book where, where what we came up with doesn't a hundred percent work because it's too cinematic of an idea. So that's something I'll be really looking out for in this one. So you did eight pages for your two beats. I mean, that's better than I did because I did eight pages for one beat, but I, I feel like that one beat is a fairly, you know, it's a heavy one. It's got a lot of lifting it needs to do. So we'll see what happens going forward. When I was pretty conservative about not putting many panels on a page and like like yeah i always too yeah page 14 is like two panels now i'm imagining panel two is enormous right to again get that effect of like a back and forth yeah like conversation that's taking well and also have this like giant picture of like zoya's poster in the background yeah but like you know i'm that we maybe could be more dense than we are here so we'll see Oh, and that reminds me of another piece of business. I needed a last name for her, so I just put Hall in here. But like, I don't. Did we? We didn't have a last name for Zoya, right? I don't think we actually did settle on a last name for her family. Um, and so, yeah, let's use Hall for now. We'll just uh, we'll just make that the stand-in for now, and uh, we can make sure we still like it at the end of the process. But um, I see no reason not to just go with it because at this point, yeah, we just if we find we uh, have a need for something like that, we just need to invent it, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just have them be the halls until such time as we decide we don't like that. Another thing is that, like, twice I have people, like, appearing and disappearing. And, like, you know, it would probably be more logical that, like, they would just vanish without any effects. But that's not good in a comic, right? That's why I kept saying, like, a flash of light or something. So, like, we definitely need a visual language for that that we can repeat. Because apparently right, right. we are going to have a lot of teleporting in and out, I think. Right. Well, and yeah, and because it is a comic, even disappearing is a little bit of a cinematic idea in the sense that like, of course, you can show the shot where they're in it and then the next shot they're gone, right? And you can make them identical uh, angles if you want it to be really obvious that they're gone. Um what I'm imagining is like their but, whole, you can still kind of see their outline that it's a person, but it's like all white, you know, like they're, sure, in, like, they're, they're like mid, out. mid fading out. Right, yeah. right. And that, that feels like part of the comics language. Like I've seen that before for when characters are invisible or, you know, um, radiated or something like that in a comic book. Right. So I feel like, yeah, you can do some language like that where they're um, half tone or they're fading out or they're, you know, made of dotted lines or something like that um, sound effect too right like because mm-hmm. i mean i put i put zoop in there just randomly but like mm-hmm. if we use the same if we agree on a sound effect and use it repeatedly that might help right right so yeah a little bit like um there's a common sound when somebody gets a text or something it should be like a common sound when somebody enters or exits a world that we can kind of even do like off screen like a foop or something and then you turn and that person's there or that person's gone whichever one it is um yeah that's good thing to think about we'll have to make a decision on that i think for now again we can just go with the whatever the thing you started with just adopt that as the um standard and then you know at the end of this we can we can decide if we actually like zoop or whatever it is that you said you know (laughs) yeah that's like that's that's you know that that stuff feels like very arbitrary to me so i think we should just allow it to be arbitrary and um you know, then we can do a, we can do a check at the end and make sure that we're like wringing the most meaning out of it and stuff, you know? <laughs> I Googled this stuff and apparently like BAMF is the uh, teleport sound for Nightcrawler. 
Bamf. In the Marvel comic books, like B-A-M-F. Oh, Bamf. 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 Which is Bamf. which is funny to me. Like, so yeah, you, we could definitely come up with something like pretty unique and signature. Yeah, like, I like the idea of uh, kind of like having a sound that we decide is like the sound, but we should just think about what we actually think that sound is, and then what the onomatopoeia for it is. Um, and yeah, and having a visual language for it is something that ultimately the artist will have to decide on. But I think having that note for the artist that, okay, we're going to need a visual language for this, right, is something we should put in there. That's actually worth maybe noting even in the document while we're here. Oh, yeah. Like, just basically we should literally say, like, to because the only person who's going to actually read this other than the, the folks who are listening right now is the artist. And so I, that person should just basically know like, okay, yeah, we need a visual language for this. I think the last order of business uh-huh. is that we need to figure out what, like what you're doing next and what I'm doing next. Yes. The next beat is they go to Agoria and that's going to be fun. Cause that's where they work out the actual contract, right? Like the real, like enforceable contract. Right. And I think probably we can meld that into the next beat, which is just the award ceremony starting because that's like barely a beat. It's like just an excuse to have a cliffhanger where it's like the winner is no, but that that's a review of all the oh, of true. all the um yeah projects, right? So that's actually a significant little beat. I guess I if it does all that, then yeah, there's a lot of like at least that's how that it's tricky, imagining. like figuring out the art world stuff to do there. So we could separate those if we think those are enough but it, they feel... Yeah, I think that's two beats. I think I could I could probably take both of those for the next time. So thanks for listening to our second one of these uh, read-throughs. We're going to keep doing these. Um, uh, let us know if this is interesting to you. It's, uh, it's always um, sort of enlightening to us when we hear from you. Um, and we will uh, be back soon with more pages of uh, the Constellation script. See you next episode. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.